going to share, just share really from my, my heart this morning. Um, over these two Sundays, I just felt it was good uh, to be able to share um, something of, it's always challenging when you, when you use the word vision, um, what, what does that mean, what does that look like, and uh, I'm so always so mindful of the great phrase that Paul and uh, Yvonne and Rick and Angie and Mike and Jill and others really felt God laid on their hearts. Some of you were part of that. Um, restoring lives, reviving hope, and reaching communities. That's, that's always been at the very heart of this, this church. And it's there on the board at the back, and we live with it. But it's interesting, isn't it, how you can live with something for such a long time, and you can, you can almost forget about it. And uh, it just becomes sort of part. It's on our website. It's on bits and pieces. But it's a very, it's a very significant set of, of phrases. Um, and particularly, I think, in terms of these last 18 months and, and all that we have been through, there, there can be a, a losing of these things. And it, and it takes time. And I've been talking, it was a privilege, as I said, to be um, away with Ashley on Thursday. We went over to Worthing um, to meet up uh, with some leaders from the South Coast, really, that we're just trying to be together, encourage each other. And, and just hearing that many churches are very much in the similar setting to us. In fact, we are actually, in lots of ways, are further on the curve uh, in terms of the fact that we've been meeting here publicly in this building and singing for quite some time. Some churches are only really just starting to do that now. Uh, some churches have got no children's work because all their leaders have, have gone or you know, they're having to restart <clears throat> everything. So we're very thankful for the grace of God here among us. Very thankful that we're already meeting tea and coffee afterwards. Um, um, but it's just interesting to hear how many are saying very similar things right across the churches to what we might be saying and feeling. So I've been thinking and reflecting and I just felt uh, as the summer was sort of the summer weeks I suppose were drawing to a close I really felt God began to lead me into Joshua. Yes the book but also the character of Joshua and the person of Joshua Um, but the book of Joshua but not just the book of Joshua but I want to um, just unpack some things this week. I'll start somewhere. We'll see where we go today. Um, but I really want to come back again in God's, uh, if God's leading uh, next week as well to bring some things as well. So um, let me just pray. Lord, you know there are things that I'm carrying in my heart. There are things that you want to say to us. And so with Holy Spirit, we just say, would you enable us? Would you empower me? We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power and authority of it. We believe in your word. We love your word. And Lord, we just pray that we thank you for this church. We thank you for the sense, even here this morning, of being a body together. We thank you for our children. We pray your blessing on them right now. Pray for our young people as they gather again in that particular way. Lord Jesus, we just give you these moments and these, this time right now. Just feel the Spirit. Let the Spirit come. I want to be led by you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Open our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses' 
assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the great sea in the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving for your own. It may be perhaps um, over-egging it somewhat to say that the COVID pandemic is the same as 40 years in the, the wilderness, but there's no doubt that the last 18 months certainly have been very challenging, very challenging time in all sorts of ways. It's left many of us with different feelings and emotions. As I've said, some have felt detached. There's been a loss of connection. Our equilibrium has been unsettled. Patterns and structures that we had have at the very least been disturbed and in some cases turned upside down completely. And finding the way back, for some at least, can feel very hard. It has been hard. And I think for many they're still finding the way back. And for some it will take some time to find the way back. There's a way to go. And of course, in the midst of that, we also have an enemy We have an enemy who loves to feed on our weaknesses, on our pains, our insecurities and our uncertainties. If he can get us off balance, off guard, distracted, disillusioned, then to carry on with the Ds, he is delighted and potentially gaining ground in our lives. Anything that causes us to get our eyes off of the Lord Jesus and onto our weaknesses, onto our needs, is a delight to him. So we need to recognise that we are in a spiritual battle. Sandra, you may remember, you brought a very clear word in the three nights of prayer about the spiritual battle. And I, I, I feel in some ways that we didn't hear you well enough, actually, I just, I just thought, it, actually, I've reflected on it since. And Sandra brought quite a, 
quite a, a clear word about the days of spiritual battle that we're in. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. Um, and uh, I, I, I find myself at times, I don't know about you, I was brought up in a background where you didn't talk about the devil. We knew he was there, but we didn't want to acknowledge him because Jesus is Lord. We, so our concentration and our focus is on Jesus, and rightly so. But I think sometimes, and I speak for myself first before anyone, sometimes you don't always recognize there's a battle going on and that we need to be aware of that battle. That's why we need the prophetic uh, to, to remind us. We don't want to give the enemy more attention than is absolutely necessary, but we need to be wise to his tactics. We need to be wise to his ways. And the prophetic helps us with that. And I think there's, there's some of us, and certainly even this week, uh, have felt a tension of the battle, the spiritual battle uh, that we're in. Uh, for myself, just to say, just want a, a vulnerability, really. I want to say many thanks for your prayers last Sunday. It was a real privilege to, to go across to, to Littlehampton um, and to speak on the subject of giving. They asked me to speak on the subject of giving. And we had a great time, a great meeting there at Littlehampton Trinity Church. And, and by God's grace, I was able to, to speak with faith and boldness. But the reality was I was really, really unwell last Sunday. Really unwell. Um, without going into the fine details, I had a very bad stomach. And uh, Jackie was fine, so it was some sort of bug. But it wasn't until I was halfway to Littlehampton feeling distinctly uh, <laughs> challenged in my, in my stomach, and I thought, this, there's a battle going on. I really, I really felt God begin to speak to me, because Hannah and Hannah were back here, and they were speaking on worship in the Spirit. And about being led by the Spirit. And, you know, and what Malcolm was bringing to us as well. And I'm about to go to a new church plant to speak on giving. And I'm, I began to pray in tongues. I was praying in tongues as I drove. And I thought, oh, half nine, it's the prayer meeting. So I'm praying for the prayer meeting. And then I, I'm praying for Hannah and Hannah. And, and uh, I'm praying in tongues as I'm driving on the A27 and, and so on. And uh, Jackie will tell you, by the time I got home on Sunday evening, I just was white absolutely white but but God had been good <laughs> and it had been a good day but I just thought no there there is um there is a battle and we we can know that at times and and the enemy loves to the enemy loves to get in on our weaknesses doesn't he he he, he will he will point out where we have challenges and uh, and so on and so just again to say to you on Tuesday night in the night on Tuesday, I just went through a, a night of significant turmoil, personal turmoil. Not losing my faith, my marriage is good, by God's grace we thank God for that. But just real turmoil and battle going on in my mind. And one of the things that the enemy will do in these times, won't he, is he'll highlight to us uh, where we, you know, our areas of weakness or where we think we've failed um, and so on. And, uh, and he will sort of, look, what you've done. You, know, you haven't done this and you should have done that. Well, that's what happens to me. I don't know if it's true for you, but that's what goes on in me. And I, you have to arrest those thoughts in those moments. You have to arrest them, take hold of them and say no and bring them before the Lord. You take every thought captive and you bring it to the obedience of Christ. And I found myself in the night doing that and I realized I was in a battle. 
And I was reminding myself of the goodness of God over the last 18 months, what God has done, and and many other things. But the, the reality is, I walk with a limp. I walk with a limp. Now, some of you may know that. Some of you might not. You say, I don't often see that. If I get very tired physically, you will spot it. Okay? But I I walk with a limp uh, physically and emotionally. This time, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I didn't know it at the time, but I was going through a series of panic attacks. I was leading a very substantial church that was doing a huge work in a very large town. And uh, we were running hard. Uh, One year, our church grew by 60% in one year. We had a million and a half building program. We were doing all sorts of things. But uh, during 2010, 2011, so it's 10 years ago now, I found myself more and more, I didn't know what they were, but just being overwhelmed, overwhelmed. And I uh, eventually got to a point just after the new year of 2012 where God in his grace stopped me in my tracks. And it was God and it was his grace. And I thank him for that. But my spiritual life was strong, our marriage was good, but physically and emotionally I ran out, literally hit a wall. And, uh, but by God's grace, he, he brought us through that, and uh, we so thank him for the days that we have walked since then. But I have history. Now, I'm not going to do it right now, but many of you, if I said to you, put your hand up, who of you have history? Who of you have things, have stories, have issues, have have moments, have battles, have challenges? I suspect almost everyone would put their hands up. The question is, what do we do with that and how do we respond? And you say, Mark, what on earth has any of this got to do with vision? (laughs) What has any of this got to do with Joshua? For 40 years, they'd been walking around in circles. For 40 years, there were challenges. There were things that that God had taken them through. There were lessons that they had to learn that they hadn't learned to begin with. There was history. Now, many of you will have significant challenges And we need to be aware that the enemy will try to use those things to overwhelm us. To open up old wounds, old emotions, to drive in wedges of doubt and fear. Am I the only one who feels that? (laughs) But you know, you know things in the past were a battle and a struggle. And old big boots will try every now and again to remind us of that and drive that in. Okay, enough of the bad news. What do we do? What do we do? We counteract all of those attacks with truth. With truth. We counteract it with truth. We have been saved. We were hearing it today. We have been saved. There is, there is a gold within us, a gold of salvation that Malcolm was speaking about. It's of God. In his mercy and his grace, he came to us and he rescued us. We've been healed. We've been set free. We've been delivered. We've been restored. We, we take hold of truth and we say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. 
will not stand against it. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And then you have wonderful phrases like this, Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God has given us promises. Each one of you have promises that he's given you. Some of you have got notes and journals. You've got, I'd lo- I'd, I would never want to really, but I'd love to see what's in Malcolm's little book here. You can see there's all sorts of notes, things God has said, dreams, visions, scripture verses. And of course, a whole book of his promises. A whole book of his promises. God has given promises both individually and corporately. I want to invite you again, have a look at what we often refer to as the lemon tree prophetic word, which is now pinned on the wall in the mission hall when you go for your tea and coffee in a moment. Have a look at it again. Read it again. It's on our website as well. But God has spoken to us about days ahead, things that he's, he's calling us uh, into. The thing about promises is that they need to be activated. They need to be taken hold of and walked into, sometimes literally, as in the case of the Israelites that we've just been read. See, we can be in a situation where God gives us a word, maybe through someone like Mike or Ashley or or Joshua. What do we do with it? What do we do with the things that God has said and is saying? We can find ourselves a few weeks later, a few weeks later saying, oh, didn't really seem to happen. Didn't come to fruition. Did we take hold of it? Did we lay hold of it and press into it and walk into it? Thursday, as I said, uh, Ashley and I had plenty of time to to talk together about these things. Uh, We drove down to Worthing. Um, Sadly, we missed the six o'clock ferry by three minutes. So we had an extra (laughs) uh, couple of hours, um, got home at nine o'clock in the evening in the end. But as we were chatting on the boat going over and we're just talking about vision and about the promises of God and so on, whenever Ashley speaks, I want to listen. I want to encourage you. Just the profound things that that man says. And he said something so profound. I said, just say that again. I need to write it down. This is what he said. When you get given a promise, two things happen. There's a sovereignty moment and there's a responsibility moment. Do I need to use the other mic, John? Or it keeps booming. Are we, shall I persevere? All right. I'll just say that again. When you get given a promise, there's a sovereignty moment and a responsibility moment. I said, just give me an example straight off. He said, Jeremiah 29, verse uh, verse 13. You will seek me and find me. There's the sovereignty of God. There's the promise of God. You will seek me and find me. Here's the responsibility. When you seek me with all of your heart. You hear that? Sovereignty of God. I will pour out my spirit. But then you get another eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. 
And there's the sovereignty of God and the responsibility. Those two things in the promises of God. You see, I think currently, for many of us, speak to myself first as a preacher, always to myself first, but to us as a a body, and speak to those who are not able to be here today as well, who will be watching us uh, on the YouTube channel. I think we're in a moment where we could easily falter. We could stumble, we could, we could drift along, we could gain a few, we could lose a few. But I believe that we are entering into days. Just wondering what's best to do. Um, I believe that we're entering into days where God is saying, Apex Church, it's time to stir yourselves. It's time to gather your supplies because God is calling us to cross over and enter into the promises that he has for this church. I believe this is the days that we are in. Stir yourselves, get ready to cross over into all that I have promised you. I will give you every place that you set your foot you look again at that, that word that we often describe as the lemon tree word that Rodney gave us on that anniversary Sunday, you'll see some incredible promises about being fruitful, about being a fruitful people, about all sorts of different things that he has for us, but they have to be taken hold of. We have to walk into them. A couple of weeks ago, during our three nights of prayer, which were it was a small and select group of us, but it was so profound. So profound times. God was really with us. But Mike uh, Groves brought a significant word about the sound of a new rhythm being heard. Smooth and strong, yet at the same time gentle. And he talked about it being the rhythm of God. It's God who is bringing us along. Prayers are going to be anointed at a new level. Prayers are going to be answered. Those who've been worn out are going to be surprised by what God wants to do. There are new notes to be written on the chapters of history of this church. A new rhythm of God's love, salvation, presence and power. You think, wow, what a word. What a word to hear. What a word to receive. But then you can say, well, okay, Lord, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When you're going to, well, it doesn't seem to have happened. You see, just to take one little phrase there, just for a moment. Prayers are going to be anointed at a new level. Prayers are going to begin to be answered. Those who are worn out are going to be surprised by God. That presupposes that we're actually praying. The sovereignty of God, but the responsibility. There's a call upon us. It was a thrill, genuinely, this morning to to see our time, our 9.30 time, almost double in size this morning, of those just coming in. And the sense of the presence of God. And I believe there's things he wants us to pray into and lay hold of. And then last Sunday, Mike again. just want to please pray for this man. I believe the Spirit of God is really resting on him prophetically at the moment. I've said to him, I don't want him to be under any pressure to perform in any way, but we love the prophetic and we want the prophetic. 
And the Bible talks about stirring up the prophetic among us. But there was a word that came in the prayer meeting last Sunday morning, very simple but profound. I will come before winter. When you pray and praise, as you lift worship to God, my spirit will come before winter. And you go, wow. But here's the key. Again, Ashley took note of it. He was here because obviously I was on the A27 feeling unwell. Here's the key. Look for it. Look for it. Significantly, Susan also brought a word during the three nights of prayer about a series of doors being laid out in front of us. And it, was, it seemed quite clear that there was no way of knowing what was behind these doors, but there were significant things, but you couldn't tell, but a strong sense that we needed to step through the one that was immediately in front of us. And as we did, the next one would then open up before us. And so that evening, even that evening, we just began to lay hold of the Lord for us as a church, for our community, and so on. And she said later on, she said, I feel like we're stepping through the door. That's the thing about the promises, the call of God. It's an invitation to step in. See, if you read on, um, there's so much that I could share about, and there's things over these weeks we will... I want us to dip in and out of Joshua over the the coming weeks. Um, And I'll certainly come back to it next week. But if you read on into uh, chapter 3, it was not until their feet touched the water's edge that the water then piled up upstream. So there's a getting ready, there's a stirring, there's gathering possessions. There's stirring and saying, yes, there's a, there's a willingness. The people respond with a genuine willingness. Yes, we will follow. Yes, we will do. But it wasn't until the priest's feet touched the water that the water then piled up and they were able to cross over. They had to step in. You can't cross over until you step in. You can't cross over until you step in. And then even as you step in, it's not just dip your toe in, it's start walking. I don't know what it was like to see that that water stop and to pile up. But there's faith. There's a stepping in and walking in faith. But as we do, oh, the promises of God that can be entered into. The treasures of God that are to be discovered and to be explored. You can't cross over until you step in. And by the way, no one else can do that for you. Only you can step over. Only you can walk. God has said, there are promises. Even if you look in the end of Deuteronomy, that Joshua, come up here, come up to the mountain, look and see, see. Here's the land, here's the valleys, here's the mountain. See it, it's there at the end of Deuteronomy. See it. Now get ready to cross over. There's another key that I just want to bring to us in this. As you start to walk, he says to them, 
fix your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. Fix your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. What is, what is the Ark of the Covenant? What did the Ark, what was that? It's the great sign, it's the great symbol. It is the very presence of God. It's where, in, in their time and their day, where God dwells. God's with them. And so the invitation, as they begin to step out, is fix your eyes on the presence. That's why we want to keep expressing such a strong encouragement to come into our times of of prayer and worship. Because we know that being in the presence is key. One of the things about Joshua, I'd love to come back and speak on it again another day. But if you look in the nature of Joshua with Moses, and Joshua walks with with Moses, and he goes into the tent of meeting with with Moses, and eventually it says that Moses uh, left the tent, he gets on with his business. What does it say about Joshua? He stayed in the presence. He stayed in the presence. So that's why we're getting on our knees. That's why we're praying. We're saying, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we can't go up from here. the promises that are over this church, the potential, the possibilities. You should have heard what people were praying over Ashley and I on Thursday. You're just going, oh, Lord, (laughs) you know? And you know, some of you have lived here many years, what you're longing for this island, longing for cows. And the sense that God is about to do something. But the invitation to us is, will you get up and start to walk Will you fix your eyes on Jesus? Will you look to him? It's a profound verse in the midst of these. That I wanted to read sort of the first six or seven chapters of Joshua. He didn't have time. Why, why is it so important for us to come together in these days? Joshua 3, 3 and 4. Put your eyes, have your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant, this wonderful verse, Joshua 3, 3 and 4, then you will know which way to go because you haven't been this way before. I don't know about you, but that's what it feels like. I don't know if Rick remembers, he probably does, but some years ago, Rick gave me really quite a significant word. He said, he felt God say to to me that part of the reason that I was brought here was to lead us through uncharted waters. It was a very profound word, and I've asked Rick a couple of times to talk it through a bit, just to understand, because it was very much a sailing. But there are moments where you find yourself in situations where uncharted waters, and even in sailing terms, as I understand it, um, forgive me, Rick and others, but there are times when you'll put somebody else on the tiller uh, to steer the thing, because it's uncharted waters, and there's a need to read the sign. To read the signs, the subtleties of the water and the, and the rocks and so on. There's no doubt these last 18 months have been uncharted waters, haven't they? <laughs> and by God's grace, we have found our way through those. But actually, I think there's a whole lot more uncharted waters to come in the days ahead. I'm, I'm only human like everyone else. Yes, God has called me to leadership, but he's called us to a priesthood of all believers. And there are those who go out ahead and they go out front. 
But the gifting is in the body. I, I just was reflecting on Malcolm's picture of those plates and the hinge and the nuts and bolts. And I think there's lots in there. I'd love to hear what Mike thinks those, that picture's about. But I love what you were saying, uh, Malcolm, about uh, the works that God has for us to do. The thing about that hinge is about that working together and about those plates working together and about there being a movement together. It's about all of us as a body together. There are uncharted waters. Please pray for me. Please pray for Ashley. Please pray for us as an eldership. The whole area of team, I feel, is significant. I think we've got to work hard at building team together. My heart is not that we are like this with some pastor figure right at the top, that actually we're much more like this, that we're a body together. Now God gives gifts, and there are those who need to carry the can at times. There are those that need to be first among equals, and all of those other phrases we might use. But God has brought us together as a body. And the thing about this, as you'll find, is that Joshua did not take the cities. We can say, oh, Joshua took the city. Did Joshua take the city? The people, together. In fact, you'll find phrases, it says, as one, they rushed in together. Together. You read the book of Joshua, together. Now, yes, there's leadership. We need leadership. I'm not shrinking back from that. I believe God's called me to that. I need grace for it. Uh, Each of us needs grace for what God has called for each one of us. But leadership is about together. And in fact, there are moments sometimes where you think, I'm not even sure that there's one story I want to highlight another, another time. I won't spoil it for now. But there's one moment where I'm not even sure Joshua's there in person, but he, other leaders are. And uh, there's some real lessons to be learned in that and uh, what's going on. I've gone way off my notes, which Mike will be thrilled about. Um, I'm now terrified, but um, no, I'm not. I'm not terrified. Just want to hear what God wants. I want to finish. I want to pray for a few moments. Let me let me just say this. What? How do we respond? Okay. What do we respond to today? I want to share some heart. Just sharing heart where I think we're going. We need to be filled. We've been saying, haven't we, for months now? Be being filled. Responsibility. A call on each one of us to fix our eyes on Jesus. I think it's quite easy sometimes to point the finger at others and, and in different ways, but the call to each one of us is, are you fixing your eyes on Jesus? Are you opening his word? As, as, as he says to Joshua, are you making his word the priority? Are you praying in the Spirit? Are you starting to walk? Are you taking ground where you can in your situation? See, it's challenging, but I wonder how many of us over these last months have taken our eyes off the living presence of God in the person of Jesus Christ and stopped walking. Or if we've not completely stopped, we've slowed right down. We've even got into new patterns. We've allowed ourselves to be distracted, turned off to the left or to the right, We've let God's word slip in our priorities. We've become, if not terrified, certainly discouraged and or disillusioned. 
But I believe we're at a point where God is saying to us again, Apex Church, it's time to stir yourselves. Get ready to cross over into all that I have promised you. And it's so exciting, just little glimpses, so exciting to hear 18, 19 people coming back, 18 people coming back in to, to drop in. So exciting to hear um, from Zoe about new people coming in uh, to, to mums. And particularly, one of the things I get very excited about is that Turkish families have come in to mums and toddlers, that's right, and have found each other in our mums and toddlers and are learning to speak English together. In our mums and toddlers group, we ain't seen nothing yet. Did, I don't had a chance, did anybody new or anybody different come to Bridges on Friday? Did they? One. <laughs> See, we prayed, the three of us prayed on Friday morning. We prayed and I just felt faith. Oh, the hair's on the back of my neck, I tell you. I felt faith and I said to these guys, I just got faith that one new person would come today. Someone different. I don't, I don't know anything about the story. And so we prayed. We said, Lord. And somebody came. The Turkish mum came to Bridges first and then you signposted her to Noah's Ark. Do you hear, brothers and sisters? Look, 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 look. Stand up. Come on, stand up. I tell you, I'm a weak vessel. I walk with a limp. God has got so much for this church. So much for this church. But there is a battle. There is a battle. I'm never going to please everyone all the time. And if I try, it'll do me in. I'm not perfect. None of us are. But we've been called to be a body. And Kay and Abby and Debbie heard something in the heart, the depths, the darkness of lockdown. And by faith, they began to take hold of it. First of all, they prayed secretly. And they drew me in and just shared vision and my heart soared. You say, it's early days, it's tiny. It's tiny. Will, will this tiny thing come to anything? Yes, if it's in the hands of Almighty God. You say, look, it's, people are coming back slowly. Why, why, why is it so slow? Where, where, where's this one and that one? I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters in the body, if you've got friends, those you know, who you'd love to be here, get them to be here as you're here. There are those that I'm working with. There's those that Ashley's working with. There's those that each one of us are working with. We thank God for the promises but there's also implications. God gave them massive promises. But they had to step into them. They had to walk into them. There were cities you could look at. He said, look at the walls. Look at the giants. Because of that, they had to wait 40 years. God says, yeah, but look at the grapes. 
Look at the land flowing with milk and honey. Look at my purposes that I have for you. Purposes and plans. My kingdom, as we were singing today, my kingdom will come. The mystery, the wonder, the challenge is that it comes through the people of God who fix their eyes on the presence and start to walk. And they walk. They put their foot into the river and they walk and the waters divide. The walls come tumbling down. Cities are taken for the glory of God. Nations are taken for the glory of God. As we walk by faith, humbly, step by step. Some want to go quicker than others. Some are very tentative. I know that. I feel that. feel it posturally. But Father, we just ask, you help us as a people to begin even now as we stand up we stand up Lord if there's things to be sorted help us to sort them if there are possessions and belongings to be sorted out help us but Lord by your grace and in faith we commit ourselves today and we say we will begin to walk And we will begin to cross over and take hold of the promises that you've given us. Lord, I want to pray for those Turkish families. I don't know anything about them. I want to pray for the Turkish families that have got connected through bridges. They've been bridged in and into mums and toddlers, into Noah's Ark. Father, I pray, might they be drawn into fellowship. Might they be drawn into fellowship. Lord, I don't know about their salvation place, but Lord, that they might know Christ. They might know Jesus. Oh, I'm so excited. But there's a battle. Help us in our prayer times, Lord. Help us in our prayer meetings. We pray for the prophetic, Lord. We thank you for for Mike and Ashley and others. Lord, we pray may the prophetic be sharpened among us that we might hear that rhythm, that beat, that we might walk in that rhythm. We might walk in that beat. Lord God, We stand in the battle today. Lord, we pray for one another. We stand with one another. I want to bless every prayer group that's going on right now. Every little little prayer couplet and prayer triplet. There's a number of them across the church. I bless those. Father, give them power and give them strength. For, Father, for our children and our young people. Father, we reach out to them right now and we say... Father, bless them, empower them, protect them. Oh God, Lord, we know, Lord, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Father, I pray for a fresh release upon the workers across this church. And Lord, would you bring us others that can come and join us in the battle? Others that will join in.